0: cinema spectator a movie podcast is produced because of listeners like you if you want to support our show you can share it give us a rating on itunes and support us on patreon at patreon.com slash ecfs productions where you can throw a couple dollars our way and get access to our exclusive content thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show
1: film is Bullet, directed by Peter Yates, starring Steve McQueen and Robert Vaughn. My name is Cameron Tuttle. I'm joined with Isaac Ransom.
0: Isaac, how are you doing? I got a need for speed right now. Let's go hit (laughs) 280. Let's crank out over to Daily City. Let's hit the shifts, you know, in my automatic car. Roll (laughs) down the windows and floor it. You know, that four-cylinder is really going (laughs) to roar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: but uh you've got a ford bullet had a ford you know i mean it's 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 basically
0: the same you're basically frank bullet i'm good (laughs) you know i gotta go on a tangent because i've been uh you and i recently cameron i've been talking about cars i'm getting that hunger that itch for a new car don't do it uh it's not worth it cars are the greatest money sink in american life um it's very it's very painful but what i love about cars um is that they have this weird attachment to your personality. It's very difficult to describe. I used to drive a garbage sports car, and it was like, I'm so glad I own that car. Like, I just had such an emotional connection to it. Mm. Um, And uh, right now, I drive a little white hatchback Ford Focus. It's nothing special. But, you know, it's got its own little vibe. It's very sterile and kind of like, it's like oh like I'm at that commuter age so I drive this you know I don't have as strong of emotions but like I loved I had a Ford Ranger when I was uh, first in high school, and it got totaled and that was like so traumatizing for me that was like my favorite car ever um, and then owning my sports car but uh recently Cameron and I have been talking about Mercedes cars and then watching a movie like this it's just like man, I don't know there's just when the car's the ca- character right you're just there's something that kind of connects with you on some level. You're like, I love the California roads and the, the open sunsets and, you know, driving. I mean, it is it is really something special, um, but it is it is a Medusa. It is a siren for your bank account, I'll tell you. You got to buy used and, and, you know, drive to lose. You know, that car is going to fall apart and destroy your wallet, but you just keep coming back, right? You got to have one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It is like one of those, um, those necessities. You know, you do, uh, especially where we live. We do kind of need a car, um, but I have a I know, have a real so,
0: question for you, Cam. Yeah, will you ever buy a new car? Uh,
1: <laughs> I guess it I guess it really depends on on how well I'm doing in life. Um, if I, I mean. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, if you're, if you're doing really, really well, then why not? You know, just do it. Just buy a, buy a new car. But for most people, I'd say it's really totally unnecessary.
0: I feel like it's even unnecessary if you're doing well, you know, just like depreciation. There's very few cars that don't depreciate. Like if you're a smart, rich person. You lease. you're going to buy a toyota i mean that thing's no, you, not going to no, depreciate you lease you, know?
1: you lease that's what oh, smart rich people do
0: utility utility <laughs> yeah. focused you know you're <laughs> losing but it doesn't matter if you lose right who knows
1: well you're losing either way and with a lease you know you can i think all your service comes included with the lease and like all that stuff so i don't know i don't really know anything about that but um you know it seems that, and you could get a new car every like Two or three years, you know, when the lease ends, I don't know. I feel like you that's won't own anything.
0: You won't own anything, Cameron. Welcome but to who the need, future. Who needs you know?
1: to? Who needs
0: to? It's know? like okay, I you mean, want to talk about physical media versus digital media? We can go down that <laughs> road. <room, you know? laughs>
1: it's very different when it's like, oh, you, you know. Well, anyways, we don't have to. We don't have to get into it. But <laughs> it wouldn't be a tangent. <laughs> I, just, I do feel like, um, you know, if you're gonna. And sometimes it makes sense to um, to lease, you know, I feel like it sometimes it even makes sense if you're like super rich. Right. Let's say you made it made a lot of money. Why even own the house that you live in? You know, just rent, rent a really nice place and then you can move around more. Um, you don't have to be stuck in one place. What is or this absurdity? you know rent what like two about? or three, two They're or three trying places. to
0: financially ruin our audience. What is this? This is, don't listen to this guy. Call me Dave Ramsey. All right, you know you got to build the capital. You got to have something for your kids when you die. You know, so or your or your cousins. Who knows?
1: Well, you know? anyways,
0: <laughs> Cameron's like I'm leaving nothing behind. No, like, I just, I'm living just down houses, to the last. Houses penny. are a
1: tough. Houses are a tough um, investment vehicle because they're they're very illiquid. Um, so it's the it's the investment vehicle that most people use, but they're just not very they're not very uh, fungible, you know.
0: So, oh my goodness, this is this is absurdity. I just can't, don't listen to this guy. <laughs> Buy property, you won't regret it. I, I I mean, unless you're buying in a bad I mean, do some research. But come on. Property, property. Here's the thing about I'm just this. This is just an economist's perspective, right? Let's say your your property is devalued completely, right? You bought it. Let's say you bought in Arkansas, two hundred thousand dollar lot of land. There's a house. Uh, you lose everything, and all you own is that property. It would be it would be like arrested development. You at least have the functional capability to live on that that plot. You know, there's utility there. You know, I don't know. You at least own a space of utility, right? And you're not going to be evicted or in trouble or moved away out of there. So, uh, there you go. That that's my argument for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 not even saying
1: for most people that's that's right. You know, obviously there's a utility in owning their house. Um, I'm saying if you're like super rich, maybe you own like ten houses. Maybe you own like a bunch of you know apartment buildings instead are giving you, you know, rental in- income or whatever, you know, that's, that's a better investment than, you know, owning your own house.
0: So. But you still included the word own property. That's what I, yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's what I, I but that's,
1: but that's not what I said. I didn't say don't own
0: property. Oh, that's kind of how it was coming. You're like, you don't need to own where you live. No, no, no. You I said, I said,
1: don't, I <laughs> no, I literally said, don't own, you don't have to own the house that you live in when you're super rich. A lot of these super rich guys don't they don't own the house that they live in full time.
0: And then when you can meet them, you'll say I I own the house I live in. Suck it, you know? <laughs> One up one up over the ridge. You know? Yeah, you you, you <laughs> Well anyway. Wow, you don't even own the place you live, you know. You're 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 completely flat <laughs> piece of land in Arkansas. I own this, you know. <laughs> yeah, I own I it. have
1: something you don't, you know. <laughs> Here's another thing you gotta consider. Okay. When you when you own a piece of land that's undeveloped, it's a danger because if you get on the wrong side of some people at the city council, they they can deny your permits, okay? So <laughs> so that's uh that's a scary thing that you have to consider when you're buying when you're buying land as well. So
0: just build just unpermitted. Be, what are they going to do? You, no. What <laughs> are they going to do, you know? <laughs> They're not gonna go out there. All right. Talk
1: about not taking someone's advice here.
0: Okay, you live 400 miles from the nearest city. <laughs> what do you think? What, do you, okay. what are they gonna Anyways. do? You know? They're not making that drive. <laughs> All right. All right. Speaking of development and building property, we're gonna be talking about a movie where there was no property, and now today there's a lot. Uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? It know? is.
1: It is <laughs> wild to see the the sights of 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 a San Francisco that has like no houses on like rolling green hills yeah you know you're like wow this is this is beautiful
0: (laughs) yeah this doesn't feel like Blade Runner at all this is this is actually quite pleasant you know we're gonna talk about that in a second of course we're we're locals to the Bay Area that's why we went on long tangents about real estate and obnoxious things like that Uh, Cameron. Anything else going on with your week? How are you? You asked me how I'm doing. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm doing all right. Coffee,
1: I am so. like burnt out today. I've had, um, you know, um, it's not like secondhand smoke, but you know, when you're in a room with someone who like smokes um, and the room just like fills up, you know, oh, with yeah. smoke and it's not like, you, uh, you know, they're not smoking in the room or anything, but just their, the fact that they smoke like, fills up the room with that smell. Oh, that's like, yeah. That's, like, where I've been all day. So I'm, I'm a little fried. My brain is, like, emptied because of that for some reason.
0: There's, like, secondhand smoke, and then there's, like, age secondhand, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Like, prehistoric, fossilized secondhand in the paint of the walls. Yeah, Just yeah, Just seaming exactly. out. At that point, that's it's mixing gross. with the lead paint that hasn't been redone in 40 years, right? Speaking we, of,
1: uh, of your car, right? You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Buy and
0: used. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cameron, I I was gonna ask you what you've been watching, but I feel like the answer is nothing because I've actually seen you a lot this last week.
1: I know, you know right? We've, how we've did been that been hanging happen?
0: out? I don't know. We I don't know. We're just we happen to be friends that live near each other now. So what a surprise, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Cameron how many days I, did we hang out this week? Well, we talked last Monday, of course. And yeah. then we hung out Wednesday at the crack of dawn, and then we hung out on Saturday night. So, Oh,
1: man, that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. We're like skipping rocks, you know? Just miss a couple <laughs> days and see each other again. Oh, and then we also saw each other Sunday before recording as well. So last week, yeah. you know, yeah. saw each other four times. Four out of seven oh days, goodness. you know? Jeez. It's feeling like high school again. <laughs> it's, it's like, like we chewy. like each other. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it was good. It was good. We actually worked on some film stuff. Cameron and I doing working on video together. I just want to say, Cameron, if you're ever shooting me and I look stupid, just tell me. You know, I'm looking at some of this footage. I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me to fix that beanie? I look like an elf. You know what's mm, going on there? Mm, mm. You gotta take some directorial direction and say, Isaac, you look ugly. You're hunchback in Notre Dame right now. You got your beanie. You're looking like a goblin. You know? You know it straight. is true.
1: I mean, it's a very funny thing that you mentioned that because, um, obviously, you know, when, you know, I'm a one man crew, there's a little bit, there's obviously a lot more responsibility on me as, as the one who does the last looks though, to be fair, we were running really fast cause we we're trying to get into the sun, you know, the sunrise and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's, it is always something that I'm not that cognizant of only because, um, well, there's two things. One is everybody looks weird to themselves on screen, right? Yeah. So whenever you look at yourself on screen, you're like, "Ugh, why was I doing that?" And you start like picking yourself apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is, um, a lot of times there are people who um, that was that was like their job. Their entire job was to make you like. You know, they, you come and you you do makeup and you, you know, fix all the little little wardrobe problems. That was never my job. And I don't even think I would be that good at it. So, uh, you know, yeah. it's something that I should that I should in terms of, you know, working as a as a one man band. It is something that I should be more uh, <laughs> more cognizant of. But but most of the time I just I, I'm not I'm thinking about like framing and and you know, the other things that are, that are going on in the shot. Um, but no, it's a, I mean, it's a good point. It's a good point.
0: Well, a lot of the footage turned out really good. I just had to use selective angles, you know, I was in some of it, but we actually worked together more in like kind of director DP kind of style for a lot of what we were doing. Um, we were working on a project for, for my work and I chose the, uh, weird decision to shoot during, sunrise, because I thought it would capture a good emotion. You know, thinking about Children of Men a little bit, I was like, let's just capture that same energy. And of course, the morning we decide to shoot, there's fog rolling in and I'm like, you know, forget my life as a director. You know, I just give up. This is it always, a, f- a complete it always failure. Happens, you know? But I gotta say, I showed some of the footage to my boss today, and he was like, I can tell this is the morning. This looks great. And so I was like, there we go. I, like I All said, right. Cameron, you remember we were driving up that hill and I was like, the fog, it's ruined. I'll never be able to look at this footage with good eyes, you know? And I was like, but no <laughs> one else will care. Just me. Just me. Yeah, I, yeah. Just I will care. And it will upset me, you know? So. But even
1: then, you know, like, it does have a very morning-y vibe, you know? Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. Because it was. Yeah. yeah. I got to say, you know who looks good on cameras, Tim Smith. That's he true. The, the full head of hair. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm, I'm over there with my... Uh, you know, Link from The Legend of Zelda beanie on. I don't know what was happening with that. I'm looking like Kingdom of the C- Crystal Skull with this beanie on. And Tim is just, his luscious hair flying left and right mm. in slow-mo. I'm like, dang. Well, I know who's going to be the the main character of this, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we worked on a video project and got to hang out and everything. And it's pretty good week last week, yeah. i say, for me. Me personally. Um, and then I had to sit down and watch this movie, because this is, of course, Cinema Spectator. And Cameron and I are watching <laughs> action movies this week. If you enjoy the show, we appreciate you being here, first and foremost. Share it with a friend. Give us a rating. All that good stuff. We have a Patreon. You can check it out at patreon.com slash productions. Throw a couple dollars our way. Get exclusive access to our bonus content. Even if you throw a buck, listen to it all, and cancel your subscription, you can get that stuff. And someday... We will begin to produce more extra content, but that day is not near yet. Although Cameron and I have been considering some stuff, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. Um, And to all the patrons that support us, we love you guys. Thank you so much for the support that you've continued to show. And to the listeners that join us each week, we appreciate you as well. We're doing action movies in September. Last week, what the heck did we watch that was an action movie? We
1: watched. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is pathetic.
0: No, we watched We watched The, fu- uh, the Fugitive. The Fugitive, um, you're right. You're, yeah. yeah, which is a 90s classic, and I was like, you know what, Cameron, we need to go back in time, we need to watch some black and white action movies, and I feel like this was a good choice, you know, it's been a while since we visited some old stuff, not black Definitely. and white though, uh, we watched Bullet with Steve McQueen, Cameron, give us some context, what's going on, why'd you pick this one?
1: Yeah. So, well, I'd say in terms of action, um, it's kind of an interesting genre because, you know, what action means through the history of film um, has obviously changed a lot in terms of, um, you know, the the big sort of cultural shifts that um, America went through, you know, sort of pre- uh, the 1960s and post the 1960s. So right now we're, we're just going to focus on, you know, sort of, uh, the post sixties action, um, you know, kind of heavy blockbuster movies. Um, and in terms of, you know, what is an action movie? Um, it is a little bit, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a nebulous, um, genre. (laughs) Um, one of the things that I think like really defines it is um, I guess the uh, the the motivation in a lot of times is is to thrill in sort of a entertaining way. Um, so it's a it's 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 you know capturing you not with the Um, intricacies of the plot or the characters or, you know, sort of these smaller um, emotional dynamics, but really much more the spectacle of what's going on on screen. That's kind of what I uh, think of as, as an action movie. And I'll be honest. I mean, I don't know that it's a very well-defined genre. I don't think, I don't think you can pinpoint what is an action movie um, you know, through and through. And I've, I've sort of been thinking about this with um, not just with Bullet, but in terms of, of you know, what we're going to be uh, watching in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, this this movie, I don't want to say it's the um, start of action movies or it's the, you know, catalyst or whatever else. Um, I think this is just a great example of of what an action movie looked like in 1968. Um, in fact, what an exceptional action movie looked like in, in 1968, um, partially because it was so um, gritty and daring. And I think that's very classic of the time. Um, another movie that we watched of this era was Bonnie and Clyde, which is a very sort of gritty, um, rougher on the edges, violent movie um and you know i would even say it kind of is an action movie in some ways um there's there's a couple sequences that are very um it's i mean you know it's more of a crime drama but um there's there's definitely a couple sequences that are very you know quote unquote action packed for the time um but but bullet I think is looked upon very fondly um, partially for, you know, one major reason that we'll get into, which is the very most famous, it's probably the most famous car chase sequence ever. Um, But also because it's, it sort of has the cool factor. It's got the style, um, you know, uh, uh, Steve McQueen as bullet is very, um, you know, he's sort of, He's almost like a Bond-like character. You know, he he parties and he, you know, womanizes a little bit. Uh, but in a lot of ways, he's very um, cool and collected and in charge. Even with, you know, half the movie, he's basically like... Uh, I don't, well, not, I guess not to spoil anything too early, but for half the movie, he's basically like doing poorly at his job. And like, that's the, that's the whole conceit of the movie. Um, and you know, in, in some ways it is interesting to look back at this and contrast it with sort of, um, what we think of as an action movie today. I mean, even something like, like Mad Max, which I think probably is the best action movie of the past, um, 10 years or so maybe more and you know mad max is a is a movie that's literally action-packed pretty much the entire way through um and this as an action movie which i think again is very indicative of you know where film is at the time it has sequences of action and then you know very calm dry pieces of, of story building and, you know, this, this sort of, um, much more procedural moments of the movie. Um, and, you know, I think you can kind of tell that it has some influences from the TV shows of the time as well. Um, you know, it has a, I think it's a lower-ish budget. Um, and it was shot on, uh, it's actually shot on Airy Flux cameras, which, I thought made it look a lot more like a French movie. Um, mm. like it has that very um, handheld, close in your face, um, and you know, extremely uh, like it. It just feels gritty. You know, it has this yeah. like non that not that professional look. Um, I don't actually know the um, the the budget. It could be you know pretty big. Um, oh it says 5.5 million so I don't know I don't know in context of that seems kind that's of big probably for big. the time yeah. yeah um but you know in terms of I guess you know what it's trying to do it's very much a straightforward crime thriller um mm-hmm. with sort of these these heroic action packed um featurettes and I would say, you know as much as we were kind of making fun of it earlier because it's it is a little bit boring, especially by today's standards. Um, and you know I'll fully admit it uh, I think it is interesting to look at in terms of what it was doing and and sort of in the context of like w- w- you know why people, hold it in such high regard, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do want to get into, y- you know, your experience with it. It sounds like you, you didn't like it all, but 10 minutes of it, um, <laughs> which, you know, is fair enough. I don't think that's, that's like a totally wrong opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, I, yeah, I just want to, you know, dig into what you, what you thought of it.
0: Yeah. I, I think let, let me start with the things that I enjoyed before I, tell you to disregard the film because I think there are things that you can get out of this movie without watching it. Uh, Maybe even watching clips. So yeah, you mentioned the most famous car chase scene from this movie. Uh, It's on YouTube. I think it's a great scene to watch just in that 10-minute segment. Uh, And I know some people would be upset about it, but as being Bay Area local, like... I don't know. There's, there's so much value to kind of soak in just from that 10 minutes. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, it's probably the best condensed moment of the film uh, that engages you the most. Although I would say there's some fun lead up up until that point. And then after that, there's a cool, like kind of shocking reveal with the, the scene at the, I think it's a hotel with the beetle, the mm-hmm. yellow beetle bug. Like I kind of liked, I kind of like the, the, the front and the back of, of that chase scene. Um I just I just think that it is the best moment and the most historically significant moment of the film and um yeah, really check it out. It's on YouTube. Just type in bullet car chase. I think it has 3.1 million views. Tons of boomers in the comments just <laughs> talking about how it's the best car chase in all of film history and you can listen to their absurd takes. Um but But it 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 really is something special. I mean, everything you imagine in the in the rolling hills of San Francisco, you get to see with the the cars, you know, ripping a corner, the wheels spinning, the cars fly off the 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 sharp edges of the of the road. I mean, this is all practical, you know. There's just a spectacle to it that's really impressive. So when they take a corner at forty-five miles an hour in these old uh in these old cars, it's kind of like, that's sort of scary. There's like little moments where it cuts, where the car hits another car and you're like, that camera's gone. Like that was the (laughs) last bit of reel that survived, you know? (laughs) Like there's no way, like like you could tell the footage is done. Like that's all they had after that. Like the camera toppled right after the car hit it. Um, So there's so much to take in, so much to love about that. You get to see uh, from downtown moving into the kind of the, the upper hills of San Francisco, sort of near that entrance where you're going towards Pacifica. Um, like I think it's, it's probably more accurately, I don't remember the exact name, but accurately represented near um, the bottom section of the, uh, the, the sunset district. Right. Which I don't know. was quite there. So it's a little I bit more I think it green. goes
1: from like um, sort of the, like Downtown Fidai ish Marina ish area, all the way to over past um, like the one like Golden Gate Bridge and one hundred and one, um, and and then down south. And I don't even, I mean, the sunset was there back then, but it, it it's not like that.
0: You know, I could be I could be wrong, but there was something about the hills and the way it looked that reminded me of like, um, sort of like South San Francisco hills. But there's also a section. It's just so different because it's all green. There's not as much housing built during the movie, which makes it really oh, fun. Oh, yeah. It to says watch, it, right?
1: it, it ends outside the city at the Brisbane exit of yeah. Guadalupe Canyon Park. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's, yeah. It's down south. but
0: oh, I'm um, talking about the middle section, though. There is like some moments in the hills, and then of course they get to that 101 strip, right? And yeah, you get to yeah. see like kind of where all those skyscrapers are pushing up against the bay to South of San Francisco. Uh, and it's all not there right? <laughs> These cars yeah. are flying and there's just nothing there, right? And you get to see the bay. So if you're if you're a local, I mean, you got to at least watch those 10 minutes. And even I'd say the beginning of the film does a great job representing San Francisco in, in awesome ways. Definitely. I just think it's so special uh, to witness the development of the city at that time and, uh, w- you know, witness some some cars driving around in, in San Francisco. It was really awesome. Uh, I would even say, you know, we watched um Vertigo is a great one if you're if you're trying to visit San Francisco in the past again. I uh, I just want to say as a local, it's good to be nostalgic about San Francisco. You know that it Definitely. it has its 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 beauty. Uh, it might not be there right now, but it has its beauty. You know, it's still there in some ways. Um, but yeah, so it's it's great to see that the action of the car chase, even if it is a little bit slower than today's standards, uh, the mechanics and the kind of the buildup of these, of, of it getting like, okay, they're fast. And then suddenly like they're getting closer and closer to the edge of danger. And then they start to scrape and hit edges. And then all of a sudden they elevate it with a guy like starts loading a gun in a car. Like all of this plays into it being like, yeah, like this is how you do a chase scene. Right. And they're really small things that happen, but they're like cementing to the pressure uh, that's building. In, in, in the inevitable explosion of the end. So that is what makes this th- that scene so great. Check it out. Please check it out. You don't have to watch a two-hour movie, right? Um, the other thing I wanted to compliment is that some of the cinematography, uh, and this was just an idea that I had that popped in my head as we're getting into a conversation about action, uh, a lot of the camera work is, is uh, motivated. It's moving. Um, And I don't really recognize this in a lot of old movies. Usually moving shots or um, moments like that are are strictly used for transition scenes Um, or like showing a setting, right? There's the wider shot of the character walking in and it's very neutral as they're talking in a room. This movie seems to have those neutral talking scenes, but so much of it is focused on scenes without talking, and people walking and moving, right? And I found that kind of interesting because it you, you say you compared it to French cinema, um, where I feel like there's something, and this is probably the wrong, um, the wrong terminology for it, but something about French cinema feels like a swaying painting. There's something psychedelic about it. Like there's there's motion, chaos, and it's very, um, it's 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 like. It feels more artistic, whereas this movie felt, uh, kind of muscular, right? Like there's <laughs> there there is like a a brunt movement to all of it. There were there were a couple shots that really stood out to me. One was the reflection of the of like the kind of more like raunchy show poster. You know, uh, he's he's tracking uh, McQueen in this poster, uh, and you don't really notice it. It kind of is like a shaky, weird, moving shot. You're zooming out, and then suddenly you're realizing you're looking at the reflection of glass, which is a poster. McQueen steps in front of the poster, so it's kind of like this weird, jarring optical illusion thing. And then they start talking, and I was like, "This is a great way to do an action like like a guy walks up and then talks." Right? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. a, it's like this is this is something special right here. I can understand the love and appreciation for that, um, even the intensity of, um, I, I would say, like, there, there are some cool, like, moment, like, like, shock moments that maybe push this movie into a thriller category, uh, usually with violence, um, with the gunshots, uh, with the reveals of dead bodies, right, the, the movie does something where it just hard, like it shows it quickly. It doesn't like, it doesn't kind of stretch it out or dramatize it. It's, it's brutal, right? And so that kind of adds to that muscular pace and push of the film. Um, with all that being said, though, for me, right, those things all stood out as positives. There were things that I, I liked, there were things that I, I was like, I can credit, but I just really do feel like this movie is too long. It's very boring at times. Every Everything with the characters, I was so uninterested. Like, I just could <laughs> not... I just did not care at all. I was like, let's get to them doing something, right? But it's just people walking around, and I don't... I didn't quite... It, it like, didn't translate when they were having conversations. I was like, I just... I feel like I can't understand them, you know? Like, I, I don't like it's not Casablanca, right? Like Casablanca is older than this movie and that movie feels like you can you can absorb every bit of dialogue cuz it's so consolidated and 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 forward thinking. I mean, once upon a time in Hollywood's the same way where sure they might talk and it might sound like an old movie but when you really really like kind of squint your eyes and try to listen like you can absorb it uh, to a modern audience. This movie it felt like um like, I could, have, I could have not understood anything that they said, you know? Uh, <laughs> I I really don't, I, I nothing stuck out to any of the dialogue at all. There's yeah. one emotional moment towards the end where McQueen is with, like, his, his girlfriend or his wife or whoever, and she gets out of the bug on the side of the road, and they kind of have, like, this interaction of her, like, saying, like, nothing really gets to you, like, the, nothing at all. And I was like, oh, I kind of, like, this is something, you know? This feels like... Something meaningful first for once with the dialogue, right? But there's the allure of like some romance and things like that. So I really just felt like this movie lasts a long time. I thought the last action set piece was pretty dull, um, and I <laughs> it, it just felt like guys running, a lot of people running. Um, yeah, and I I was pretty disappointed in that. And the last five minutes of the movie was like. Peeling a toenail off. I was like, let just get this done. You know, like what is happening here? You know, like I don't even, I just began to get angry and frustrated. I was like, this is, it's like, we don't need to stretch this out. You know? Uh, yeah. When, as soon as they shoot the guy at the end, um, I was like, that should have been the end. But then it, it kind of lingers for no reason. And it was like, this would have been much better as like a, uh, hour and a half movie than a it could have been the tightest hour and a half film, but instead it's you know two hours with a lot of stuff that disengages you. Um, I get it; it's old, but I've seen a lot of good old movies, so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm where I'm sitting with it. What about this yeah. rewatch, Cameron? How how are you feeling with it?
1: No, I mean I'm more or less um, with you in terms of. Um, Actually, so, um, this, this is my first time watching it full all the way through. Um, Mm. it was one of those movies that we, um, we just picked apart pieces probably because it's just kind of not that interesting for, for some of it, you know? Um, but you know, we watched, uh, like the entrance scene where he's, he's, uh, you know, in the room with the other cop and, and the guy comes in with a shot. Like that scene's awesome. Um, we will watch the car chase obviously, and then um, a couple other a couple other sequences that that are you know um just interesting to to look at in terms of of the you know the how and the why um, yeah. but so you know going all the way through I was totally I'm totally with you in terms of um it doesn't feel like it's as um, like, no. Ev- obviously, nothing ever gets to the height of the the car chase, which is kind of an interesting move when you put it like halfway through your movie. You know, right? Um, I don't necessarily. Kn- I mean, there are other movies that do it and and do something like that successfully, but it's kind of a risk when, like, l- yeah, like you said, the last, um. <laughs> Part of the tension of the last set piece is that um, they have to board the plane and then deboard the plane. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know? so like, Oh man, why is <laughs> and it's this? It's like, okay. All right. Well, that's a little, um, you know, structurally, I just, you know, it doesn't really, doesn't really live up to the expectations. I think the funniest moment for me in the movie, unintentionally funny. Um, it's like right after this giant car chase, Um, they're like, you know, he, he gets, I think he gets called into the police chief's office, um, and they're talking to him and then they all get around the fax machine and they just stare at it for like five seconds. Yeah. What
0: was going on there? I was like what is this scene like i was was like is it is something magical gonna happen with the no
1: i mean it's like the classic um like you you know you're a rogue officer i'm pulling you off the case you know it's like the it's it's the classic trope um but it just feels it it feels so like it feels funny it's like a little ridiculous yeah Um, it's so weird and in terms of like i don't know it's kind of interesting like as far as the story of the, you know, the crime things that are going on, it's weird to have Bullet be um, disconnected from that. Uh, like, he's, he's you know, these are like politicians from Chicago. He doesn't know anybody who he's protecting. Right. Um, and, you know, apparently he has a reputation in terms of what he's, um, you know... I guess who's, who's, you know, he's like this tough officer or whatever, you know, I guess he's got a reputation in this world, um, Mm -hmm. that we're kind of told about, but, you know, other than, other than sort of just hearing people talk about him, you know, we see him sort of, um, be a little bit of a rogue and a little bit of a rule breaker, um, And, and, you know, those are kind of the interesting moments, but in terms of like what he is to this case, like we never really get a, get a feel for why, um, like why is he invested in, in, you know, the conclusion at the end, um, you know, why do we care about whoever, um, you know, framed the the guy and switched his passport and whatever else, um, like, it's it's only because he's he's sort of there and he's in charge of the case. And I guess that's as good a reason as any. But in terms of, I don't know. It just it doesn't it doesn't feel that um, compelling to me uh, personally. Like yeah. I I like the scenes where he's he's like um, you know he's 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 like going out at night or he's like sneaking around in the hospital like you know. Cause he suspects people are up to no good or he's like, you know, telling the, the politician guy from Chicago he's like, I don't really like you. You know, like I like those sequences. Um, but in terms of like him actually being a detective, um, I'm not necessarily, I just don't care all that much. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. That was just my, my thought with it. Um, you know, no. like, there are those scenes, like you said, that are shot really well and that I enjoy, but there are those scenes where he's, like, talking to informants and he's, you know, like, doing, like, evidence stuff, and it's, like, it's, you know, it's okay. It's good, like, standard stuff, but, um, you know, as far as what's on screen, I don't know that it's all that interesting or important, so... um. Overall, though, I will say, you know, um, you should definitely watch the, you know, the sequence, the the car chase sequence, um, and I think there's some there is some value. You know, what one thing, um, that I loved sty- stylistically was I thought the music was was so much fun um, and really moody and sort of gave this like like the oh yeah this is like a sixties like cop crime movie, you know, like this is cool. You know, it has just this, this, yeah, everything about it is very, is very cool. Um, except when they're, they're like talking about like the boring things, you know, then I'm, I'm less, I'm less excited, but, Mm -hmm. but for the, for, you know, I'd say like 70% of the movie, it just like has an energy that's very, um, Cool and you know moody and and I think for that you know I I enjoy it. um I don't think I was as bored as you probably because um, I I do I do like slower movies and I you know I I don't mind I don't I, even in action movies I don't I don't really mind if you know things take their time and breathe a little bit and. Um, you know, that's not my, my issue necessarily with this one. It's more more just so, like, we're th- kind of thrown into this character. Um, and I'd like a little more... If we're going to spend so much time on, you know, all this stuff, like, I'd like a little more of l- characterization, I guess, or something mm-hmm. a little deeper going on than, than, like... Most of the stuff that they're talking about for these extended dialogue sequences are, like trying to figure out what's already been happening which you've seen sort of right um so i don't know i'm uh you know goods and bads and i wouldn't say it's like totally worthless though i'm not sure i'm not sure if most people are gonna um enjoy this movie i think they'll enjoy probably about an hour of this movie. And then for an hour, they'll be a little, a little bored.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think an interesting historical sort of movie to visit. Um, If you're interested in, in that kind of thing, I think you're going to love it. Um, But I would say the 10 minute thing on YouTube, that's what you got to watch. And I think it's a great way to sort of kick off the like an early representation of of the big budget hollywood action film because i do think that this movie it accounted for inflation is probably a pretty big budget right um and so i it's interesting to see how like i mean here I'll, you know what i'm going to do i'm going to look up a list um of the best or what's considered the best 60s action movies Um, and let's see if I've, how many we've seen, because we looked up a list of the best action movies of all time. Just, I, I don't know. It was probably from a bunch of, a bunch of different eras. And of course there's tons from the eighties, some from the modern era, right? Uh, just on Google that's, that's popping up. We have a lot of the bond movies, which you, um, you kind of said this movie has like an American bond feel, which I 100% agree Goldfinger is the is 1964, um, and marked a, a, as one of the best. Um, there's a couple others. Uh, one with this looks like John Wayne, North to Alaska, The Longest Day, and a bunch of other ones. But Bullet is right after Goldfinger, right? So I feel like this does represent the era pretty strongly. I gotta say, I love. I think the the poster is is super cool. Yeah, um, it just has this iconic presence. Where you look at the list of the other movies, right in the in the posters, they don't have the same sort of um, pop as, as this one. Although um, the Italian, the original Italian job from uh, nineteen sixty nine, I know that that. Obviously made an impact enough to to get a reboot or a remake, um, but let's see if uh, what IMDb says. Yo, Jimbo is number one. Well, wow, this... that's
1: probably just some guy who's making a list, but um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. This is just some random person's list. Seems like a lot of westerns for the '60s. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- there were there were obviously the Dollars trilogy and you know all that. That's not really necessarily what I'm talking about in terms of action movies. Yeah. I guess yeah. What what should we define? Because here's what I'm thinking: um, for the '70s, we have a handful of kind of m- mediocre options. Okay, <laughs> um, so we have like a movie like The French Connection. Um, Which I feel like is similar to a movie like this, um, where you know it's I think it's like a you know it's a crime thriller in the same way, Um, and I think it has a car chase that's pretty famous too. Um, We could watch. Have you ever seen Jaws? You've seen Jaws, I'm sure.
0: I've. It was a long, long
1: time ago. Maybe we should do Jaws then, because for me, Jaws is like it's kind of a horror movie, but. In terms of, like, what is a box office movie, like, what is a blockbuster, you know, big sort of action-y movie? It's not really an action movie, but what is, like, a big, you know, blockbuster movie? I I Um, think
0: I'm going to veto. I think that would be interesting to save for October Okay, um, to watch as a horror movie. I, I have this idea for October, sorry to go on a tangent. I would love to do a series about the lowest like like low budget mega hits Mm. because horror has like Mm. this crazy capability of having small budgets with massive return. Uh, And I know that Jaws is probably fairly high budget, but I'm sure its return on investment was incredibly high. Uh, for for the budget that it was given,
1: um, yeah, jo- Jaws was I think somewhat low budget. Um, uh, I think it had like a, it was like an eight million dollar budget or something like that, um, and then it ended up grossing uh, like a hundred million dollars, um, which you know back back then was um, a lot, and then now obviously it's you know.
0: It's I think become. it would it would be interesting to do the French Connection, or we could do. Um, I see that Superman's on this list, which I'm like, eh. they also have Escape from Alcatraz and Magnum Force, which is like. Well, another cop. if we
1: would do Magnum Force, we would do Dirty Harry, obviously. Okay,
0: so Dirty <laughs> Harry. I know. I was th- thinking
1: about um, like Bruce Lee movies because that was super popular in this time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've never seen any. Bruce Lee movies that I th- yeah I don't know the dragon movies. yeah enter the Dragon's the only one I know
0: um, maybe we should do that yeah. that would be pretty cool I don't know if I've seen any Bruce Lee movies either
1: because like so I mean that was going to be my question basically is like what do we consider what are we considering a, an action movie in terms of you know, this exercise.
0: Yeah. It's such a hybrid genre where they always spin it in a different, like action, sci-fi or action, thriller action, you know, like this or that. Um, I just think because of our experience watching the fugitive, we watched that. We're like, man, this is such like a quintessential nineties action movie, something about going through decades, of, like, something that we would consider quintessential to the era. And I know that you're saying that the 70s doesn't have very much. Uh, I'm not looking at it as, like, what's the best action movie that exists? It's, like, what represents the era uh, Mm. of the Mm. time, right? And so if you're saying, like, Bruce Lee's popular at that time, I'm kind of interested. The French Connection I know nothing about. Um, I just don't know, like... The thing about it is that I believe you that The French Connection is a good movie. Uh, I believe that, but it's like is it yeah. the is it the quintessential seventies action movie?
1: I think in some ways it kind of is. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna think about it and I'll get back to you. I think it'll probably either be like a martial arts movie or. Or The French Connection. I mean, the yeah. thing about The French Connection is that it is it is one that's um, kind of... It's a hybrid of the era in terms of of being a little bit more... Like, 70s movies are much more, um, I guess, artistic in some ways. And, you know, kind of new... Ho- like, Friedkin is a new Hollywood guy. Um, you know, came up in the era with Scorsese and with... Um, you know, Coppola and whatnot, like, these were the, um, you know, Friedkin was, was right there as well, so, mm. um, I think he's, I think it's a good choice, uh, it, though, you know, yeah, I don't know, I mean, I, I'll, I'll have to think about
0: it, so. Okay, well, we'll decide that, and you'll see it next Tuesday, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you sure you don't want to watch Rollerball? This looks... I have no idea what I'm looking at. This—that's th- the thing—is is there's a... so there's so much pre-eighties action done poorly before the eighties era in the seventies. I can just tell from the posters. Yeah, no, it's you true. know, uh, you said that you didn't want to watch um, the Warriors because you're like, well, that's eighties, but it—I think it just laid out a style that was then.
1: No, I just said it, full. I said it reminds me of like an
0: eighties movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know,
1: exactly. Like it has this. It has that, yeah, that vibe, I guess.
0: We have to see, yeah, they had to see what works to get it right. I mean, the 80s has such a powerhouse of action. You know, that is that is almost, when you say action that's movie, time. I, I feel like that's what you think of 80s movies. Definitely. Really? Yeah, definitely. I do. So I think what will be interesting is what we will see in the 70s that translate, that, 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 rem, that, remains in 80s movies and what's in those 70s movies that isn't in 80s movies I think that's what's gonna be the most mm. interesting um, with bullet I feel like sort of the um, seeing seeing the foundations of a great chase scene translates to to so much of what we love in modern movies and even in classic action movies I mean yeah. just um, the moments where they're they're pulling off down to South San Francisco, uh, and you have those different cockpit views, right, of the guys in the cars. Um, it's
1: actually a little scared, like anxiety-inducing at yeah. some of those moments. Like it's very it's it's thrilling, yeah. and I w- I wanted to mention in terms of um, their um, their speed. You said that they were like you know probably going forty five miles an hour. They had a max speed of the director. He said a max speed for all the drivers of 85 miles an hour. Oh my Gosh! Um, but there were times apparently that they were going 110. <laughs> uh, wow! I learned. I learned about wild. Steve
0: McQueen's uh, Jaguar that I guess is in like some famous uh, museum because I was watching a Mr. Beast video or something. Oh! And apparently Steve McQueen had so many speeding tickets that he got his license revoked or something like that.
1: <laughs> and so yeah. his
0: car is like in, in some famous, in, in some famous museum, he had like this one of a kind Jaguar. Mm. Um, well, and- he was,
1: I think he was a, an actual race car driver. Like right. He
0: actually drove right. race cars. Yes. Yeah. I mean there's scenes where you you watch him peel out in the car like it's not yeah, f- it's, it's not him. a fake. It's he's <laughs> he's spinning those wheels, you know. Yeah.
1: They do they do have um stunt driver doubles. Um, yeah. and that's you know that's pretty clear as well but um it's you know I mean hard to estimate but it's probably like 50/50. Um,
0: yeah, oh yeah. I yeah, mean, no, like it, I said
1: they're using they're using those small cameras so they can get They're literally in the back seat of this, you know, speeding, you know, 100 mile an hour uh, uh, charger or challenger or whatever. And Mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're looking over the guy's shoulder um, as he's like peeling out. You know, it's not it's not like rear projection or green screen or anything. I mean, they're just they're just full sending it. And, you know, I kind of admire that. It's something that I think. Like, it captures the spirit of, like, what I like about the Mission Impossible movies. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I was um, thinking of Mission Impossible. All the running yeah. and whatnot as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, under the airplanes, even. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I feel like um, it's not probably not a stretch to say that those guys probably admire bullet movies like this, you know, where it's, like, it's for real. They have, you know, this sense of, like, gritty... Um, you know, truth to them because they're actually driving. You know, the speed as they're as they're coming around corners and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So there's there's something interesting about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's um, it it still has the thrill in it, right? I, I think, like I said, just watch it. Watch it on uh, on YouTube. It's worth that amount, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah, they're there the the thing that I was gonna mention about seeing how action translates, right, across to future movies. Um, there is the scene where he's like loading the shotgun in the uh, in in the passenger side of the car. There's something about that where they keep cutting back between the two people in the two vehicles. I mean, it's 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 nothing new, but it's done at a pace that matches kind of the speed and the action and the tension rising. And it had me thinking of, like, sort of the first Star Wars where, you know, Luke is in his cockpit and Darth Vader's in his uh, cockpit. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's taking from so much of classic Hollywood. And, and Star Wars is seen as iconic because of its influences of the past. And Lucas makes that clear, right? Um, but even, like, t- in, in today's movies, right, one of the things you'll see in the comments of the, that 10 minute chase is that people are comparing uh, Bullet's car chase scene to everything in the Fast and Furious. And the Fast and Furious is basically just adding more obnoxious dialogue and music. But it's still, at the end of the day, the core. Like these guys are driving. You get their face. Uh, you see in front of the dashboard, right? And and over the hood. And it's cutting between them and their adversary. Like it's just, there's something. Um, about it that is timeless, even if it is an older film, right? Um, so, I I just thought I think it's cool to kind of kind of see how how things translate and and guys in cars, right? You can picture the old movie. You can picture like you know the the guy like aimlessly turning the wheel as the projector is behind him. And so to see yeah in the sixties yeah. right to see the sixties the cameras are in the car now right. Uh, And I'm not saying other movies didn't have that, but to to see it done on on such a great level, um, I'm sure they maybe use projection for some of the scenes, but it feels like you're always there, you know. And there's definitely I don't know that they did, you know. Yeah, I think it's all there. Like it's very real and visceral. So, um, yeah, it's. it's, I, I
1: wanted to mention too you know there's a shot in in this movie that you'll probably never get from a fast and furious movie and it's the burnt crumpled bodies of <laughs> of the enemy drivers oh yeah um, oh, as man. their cars uh, their car has just exploded and uh, we we get like a graphic <laughs> like close up shot of them burning in their car and i was like oh my goodness like this is this is actually like <laughs> kind of
0: intense um, yeah there's, also, there's like, some b- there's some brutality in this, you know, real, totally. real like, intense yeah. stuff. I mean, part of me, we always talk about this film, we talked about it last week, uh, was thinking about Drive, right? With uh, the yeah. car chase scene in Drive that's at the middle of the movie, kind of similar to this one. And it's two muscle cars, like, flying after that failed robbery, right? Um, it's, I don't know, like, there's there's something about, like, how that's kind of a modern take on what we saw in in this film uh but there's something yeah it is extremely extremely graphic and and brutal about drive that's then like like it's still cranked up just like this one so um yeah yeah i i really don't have too much more to say about bullet i mean you can see why it's a classic you can also see why you wouldn't want to sit through the entire thing um Check out that t- those ten minutes. I can't stress it enough. And um, we'll, we'll we're gonna dig in more with uh, action movies in the seventies, and we gotta do at least one quintessential eighties action movie. But September's coming close. To I an think end, we and should we gotta, do die we, gotta, we gotta do some. Oh my gosh, you just want an excuse to watch it. A
1: little bit, yeah.
0: What it's, you don't? It, it's awesome. Do you remember? Um, for those of you who don't play video games, they. Do you remember when they added the tower from Die Hard in Call of Duty? No. Okay, so they did this incredible Christmas event. Uh, I think it was two or three years ago. During Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which was... It was based in the 84 or something like that. So you got, like, these Black Ops guys, you know, fighting under Reagan doing these missions. And they have this free-to-play mode called Warzone for Christmas. They add... um, the tower in the downtown strip downtown strip from diehard. So you can of course buy the diehard skin, but the entire tower that the movie takes place in, like you can run around and strategize. They got the elevators you can crawl through the vents. You have of course the, the Christmas like, you know, party room and all the offices <laughs> and whatnot. It, w- it was honestly like a dream come true. Like to play a call of duty game where you can run around and like, you know, shoot other players in that tower. I'm like, that's just gone. That's just gone forever. They got rid of the um, <laughs> that that digital map. And it's like, mm. man, how am I supposed to explore the Nakamura... How, what was that tower called? The Tower in Die Hard.
1: Nakatomi Plaza.
0: Yeah, Nakatomi Plaza. So cool. <laughs> so, so cool.
1: Well, okay, I will say I just looked at the calendar because this is how uh, scheduled I am. Um, we do technically only have one more week. Um So, we either have to choose. um, We could do Die Hard as a bonus.
0: It's up to you, Cameron. We will figure it out. We will get there (laughs) with it. So, nevertheless, you will get an action movie next week, but we're going to keep it a mystery until. Mystery. I know we're uh, wrapping up a little bit closer, but I don't feel like there's anything else to say about this movie, Cameron. Do you want? Do you need to add anything? No. Any other thoughts to close out?
1: No, I was just because you reminded me of Drive, and I was thinking that a little bit, um, and I just pulled up that uh, that scene, and I mean, it's obvious; it's very clear that they are inspired we'll say by <laughs> by bullet i think it's, it's totally totally obvious but um yeah i mean I, I wonder if there i wonder if you can look at a car chase scene and not see fingerprints of a bullet on it you know I, I wonder if there is a car chase that exists like that
0: i would say most of the scenes from fast and furious you know you would not think of bullet at all I love I love this scene though in, uh, in drive. This is one of my favorites. But
1: That's you awesome see what guy. I mean there's like there's like the, the, the even the movements of the camera they're just like there's shots that are very you know reminiscent.
0: It's probably you know it's probably the only <laughs> this is the worst part about drive is that this is like the actual like this is what you expect. From this movie, and it's the only (laughs) scene in it, right? (laughs) It's like this, Um, but at least I mean, the first scene
1: is kind of similar-ish. It's it's the first car chase is like much more intellectual, but it's very cool. It's you still, you know, it still feels really good.
0: Yeah, it has its it has its own unique vibe, but this is like this scene is the uh, it's like what you wanted to see in Fast and Furious. I think the fact that it's so short and limited is what makes it kind of pay off. And then every other scene in a car in this movie has its own emotional feel as well. Cause I've seen this movie a bunch of times. Um, yeah. we, we should, we should, did we ever revisit and review it? I think so. I think we did. Mm,
1: I don't remember.
0: Yeah. It's been, it's been I'm a long, sure. I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen it. Oh no. Oscar Isaac got shot in the neck. <laughs> it's such a brutal scene when he, when he just goes down. But uh, I'll, I'll, let's let's close out, Cameron, with this conversation here because we started with cars. We got to talk about cars. Um, mm. what's like your muscle car choice, Cameron? Like, if you could, if you could go out for a muscle car, like, what do you what are you gonna go for? Um,
1: I mean, I do. I, I you know, I don't want to say this to be ironic, but um the the bullet. Fastback is sick. I mean, it really is. It's a sick yeah. car.
0: Yeah. Um, I've always thought Mustangs were very... Um, but do
1: you mean, like, modern d- modern muscle cars? Because they all, I would I say they all I, suck. I, I, I,
0: I like think them. I think even modern Mustangs, like, there's something about them that's still... Like, the back of a modern Mustang is still the classic Mustang, which I'm like, thank mm-hmm. goodness, you know? Uh, the front is a little butchered, but at least the back is there. I um,
1: yeah. I mean, for me, like... I don't know. I've never been a huge like muscle car guy. Um, like I like, I like the look of like sports cars better. Um, like, I don't know. I think, yeah, because I like I don't like the look of the Challenger all that much. Um, I don't know. I the car that I always would love to have that I think. Um, would just be just be so awesome there's this um there's a it's like i think it's like 72 or 73 um corvette that has a targa top it's like the hard shell top that you can take off Um, Mm -hmm. and it just the body lines oh it just looks so good
0: Um, i hate to burst your mobile camera i've never been a corvette guy never yeah I just can't. I, I don't know. I don't what know. It is. This just
1: this reminds me of like of like Batman or something. Like it's got that it's got a look of like a just a I don't know. Just just is cool to me. I I dig it. Um,
0: I think I'm I'm always drawn to like boxy lines, you know? Mm. That's that's the thing like like sharp box looks. So muscle cars I've always liked, I remember when I was shopping for a car for the first time, when I sat in a muscle car, I think it was a Dodge Charger or something, it's like I could not see over the dash, like the window had zero visibility. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck is this? Like, I would never get yeah. this car, you know? Um, That's so funny. But the windshield of the the Mustang was always big. You know, I always like, I, I've always, you know, I'm kind of a sucker, I like. I'm I'm a Ford guy at the end of the day, I think, which is mm, mm. kind of depressing sometimes. But <laughs> yeah. I always Never, loved ne- uh
1: I feel like I like small cars. I like those like little zippy zippy looking cars. Um mm-hmm. you ever see like those Datsuns? Um which I know are like not very good cars. But I just think they look so good. Like the I've seen a 68 Datsun. Uh, no, not that. Ew, one. Cameron. Yeah. What
0: is this? this not is so that stupid. one. Stupid. It's the.
1: <laughs> what is this? The seventy-five Datsun. The uh, the the, the two eighty Z. I like those. The, just like the, I don't know something fun. If we're about talking
0: the, about the best investment you can do in a car, because we've been talking about financial advice, don't take us seriously and don't take us to court. But I will say. The greatest car ever made, I think, that you can't even buy in the United States is something called a Toyota Sentry. Have you seen this car? Uh, oh my goodness. I don't think so. This is a whole nother this is oh, this is yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. the Yakuza chariot. So <laughs> you know how like like you have you have um, Toyota and then Lexus, but then there's one above, which is the Toyota Sentry. <laughs> And it's like, it's basically (laughs) the highest end like hearse limo looking car uh, that Mm. all the politicians ride around in Japan. And you have to, I guess there's like a 25 year import law or something. So people in the U.S. are finally getting the 90s one. Um, (laughs) But they're apparently just like incredible, incredible cars. And they're built by Mm. the the best, you know, Toyota's the best. So
1: It's true. Um, It's true. Do you Man, know the um, modern
0: ones that look beautiful?
1: The the LFA, the Lexus LFA.
0: I don't know if I've seen that.
1: That car. <sighs> listen to listen to how it sounds. Um, oh my goodness! Because that car is sick. I think they only made like <laughs> two hundred of them.
0: <laughs> you do like anything that looks like a Batmobile, huh? This is this does look like a Batmobile? (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, yeah. This is like really like yeah. As far as like supercars go, I don't know what I even have an interest in at all. To be honest, I mean, this looks cool. It kind of looks like a Nissan three hundred and fifty Z, which is the best insult I can give it. um, (laughs) From some some angles, Um, I I guess so. Yeah, it's got a V ten. I always like that that car from Iron Man, the Audi R8 or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That car, that car is like, that is a really cool looking car. Uh, it kind of looks like a big <laughs> toe, but you know, it just it looks sleek to me. I don't know what it is, and the massive engine in the back. You know, it's done. Like they're they're they've the this year is the last year you can buy it, or something. I didn't know that. Like the Yeah, it's like the last one, 2020 or something. Hmm. Um, but what do we know about cars? Nothing. What do we know about owning Nothing. property? Nothing. Nothing. So, uh, let's Nothing watch gone. some more action movies. <laughs> All right, until next <laughs> week, we post every Tuesday. Uh, and we'll catch you then.